podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on channel 1450 and what we're looking forward to. It's episode 47. Welcome to another busy week of high school and college sports right here in central Illinois. This week and next are by far the busiest and craziest in the season. Maybe the year, probably outside of a few days in the fall and the holiday basketball tournaments. There's baseball, softball, track, soccer, and tennis going on right now. And everyone's postseason is happening. Thank you to Northwestern Mutual for being the official sponsor of this podcast and jumping on board with what we're doing. They're looking for college interns. Make sure if that's something you might be interested in, let them know I sent you. Northwestern Mutual is the place to be. Now let's talk about what I saw this week. Last Thursday, the Glenwood boys win the CSA track title. Glenwood girls beat Granite City easily on the road to wrap up the regular soccer season against a good 3A team. On Friday in regional soccer at the 1A level, the Cyclones skated past Pleasant Plains led by Hannah Lambert for the 1A Verdon Regional title. Cyclones are now playing for the sectional title in Quincy against QND this coming Friday. Congratulations to Mike Lindsay. He's got a very good squad there. On Saturday, in another regional soccer final, Grayson Robley scores four goals against St. Thomas More to bring her regional total to 12 goals. Yes, 12. She scored 12 goals in two games. Williamsville wins that regional. Incredible stuff from the senior striker, Mirable. That brings us to this week. And on Tuesday, I saw a phenomenal softball game in Rochester between the Rockets and the Glowwood Titans. The Rockets gave them all they could handle. Ariana Gillespie and Addison Klein doing the dirty work on defense. Allie Sadler coming up big with the bat, but in the end, in nine innings, the Titans win it 5-3 and stay perfect in CSA play. As you'll hear later in the podcast with Coach Edgar, it's extremely difficult to do, and Glenwood did it this year. A perfect 18-0 in conference play. Titans win the conference. I talked plenty with Coach Edgar, the guest this week, about the Titans, so I'll just let you skip ahead if that's all you came for with Softball Talk. On Wednesday, I saw some 2A regional soccer action in Rochester, working to get our newest intern up to speed. Shout out to Josh Cable. In Rochester, the Rockets beat Meridian 12-0, and Springfield High beat Southeast 10-1. So on Friday, those two will play for the regional title. Also Wednesday, SHG beat Alton Marquette, in double overtime to advance to the sectional title game against QND in soccer. Shout out to intern Colin Kramer for making the drive to Jacksonville and getting that one done. Now, let's talk about what's coming up. I usually break down all the games that we'll be getting to in the coming week in this portion of the podcast. Spoiler alert, I can't really do that today because there's a ton going on. So much to get to. I don't even know exactly what we're getting to yet on Friday, let alone what's going to happen on Saturday and moving forward. All I can say is on Thursday, today, I'm going to normal to get some college baseball. Lincolnland and Heartland both advance, so you'll see highlights from both of those teams on the website on Thursday. Hopefully, get up there on Friday when those two play again, and that will be a good one. If you have a chance, go up to normal this weekend and check out some great baseball at the Corn Crib. On Friday, we'll have SHG soccer highlights, Rochester Springfield soccer highlights, and a few regional baseball and softball games, including Tri-City at SHG Softball. That's a huge one on Friday. On Saturday, Glenwood versus Mount Zion Soccer in Jacksonville at 11 a.m. for the regional title and a bunch of regional title baseball and softball games. We'll get to as many as we can. We try to focus on the teams that won their conferences, but we'll just see what we can get to. That's all I can really predict right now. Stay tuned on the website and to our Twitter feeds to find out where we're headed for the rest of next week. Let's get to this week's guest, Hall of Famer, Absolutely phenomenal conversationalist, Vondel Edgar, talks about coaching, talks about softball, talks some football, and we talk plenty more. Here's Vondel Edgar. All right, we'd like to welcome in Coach Edgar to the podcast this week. Coach Edgar, um, I'm going to start here because I have kind of a funny question to ask you, okay. way to start it. 
Um, you guys went to state. What was the last year when you went to state? 2014. And you won it? Yes. I started Channel 1450 in 2015. Right. So I think I'm your bad luck. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But since I've been here, we've had SHG go to state, Rochester go to state, um, a few more. Who else went to state? No, Tri-City went to Super. Williamsville, maybe. Williamsville, yeah, that's right. So, um, my question to start is, is this year, huh. are you guys capable this year? Because I, I feel so. like you've got a pretty good team. I think so. I mean, obviously things have to go right. I mean, because it's a bad ball sport. There's no, um, you can't say, well, we're better than them, so we win. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, I mean, the worst major league team can take two out of three or three out of three from the best major league team so that's the beauty of the game that's what's tough about the game too though but um, I think we have the capability Um, I think we're athletic enough Um, offensively we've come a long ways I mean I think the potential is always there but I think we're getting more consistent and that might have something to do with weather and things like that yeah but it's also time spent and work that they've done. Um, you know, and it always comes down to whether you can pitch it and catch it. If you do those things, then you have an opportunity. So you can win a one nothing, 2-1 game if you need to. So I, th- I believe we can. I mean, uh, the group we had last year that got the super section, I mean, uh, just played well at the right time, basically and gained confidence as they went through. And I mean, we were six outs from um, going, and the team that beat us won it. I don't want to say easy, but they <laughs> relatively, you know, they, they did, they won it. So, um, I mean, I always believe we have a chance. Uh, you know, I like to always make sure that they understand that's the end game. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think we have that opportunity as well as anybody else. And we've got kids on the... Uh, that are part of this group that have had success so their expectations I think are the same I kind of want to get into that kind of bringing those girls up a little bit later but I want to start with the CSA conference Um, you're playing Rochester this week this won't come out until Thursday so we'll have results hopefully if the weather holds from those two games but so far you've beaten SHG you've beaten U-High you've beaten Springfield Um, how hard is it to run the slate in the CSA conference? Well, you name the teams that are, you know, and then Rochester. Um, obviously, there's a group. It's, it's like two levels. There's, there's, you know, four teams that you're going to have to play well to beat. Um, and then there's another group that isn't as good, but that's not because they don't work hard or anything like that. It's just what it is. I could get into that. But. <laughs> have a different theory about that. I think it's fair to say that there's two tiers, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad coaching, it's not effort, it's not anything. Um, It's just what it is, um, unfortunately. But you have to play, I mean, those, you know, your uh, Sacred Heart, your U-High, Rochester, you have to play well because they're going to be coached well enough that... um, and they're going to play the game correctly, as far as I view it, to where you're going to, have to play well to win. And if you don't play well, they're going to take advantage of it. And if they find a little crack there, they're going to, you know, expose it. So, um, 
running the slate? I mean, you probably have to tell me when the last time somebody did. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know the answer. To that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> not since I've been here. I just know that I'm not sure the last time we won the league, which says a little bit um, about that. Um, I don't know when the last time we won the league was, but I don't know because you High won it a couple of years. Yo's won it a couple of years. I'm not, I'm not sure. Rochester like, won it when they went to state. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know how long it's been. It's been long enough, put it that way. Um, and being three up going into two games, that's a pretty good feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we know we've got that taken care of. And then it's just a matter of um, competing for that, just for the sake of competing, you know. And that's what we try to stress more than anything else. But running the table... Uh, in the conference is hard because everybody, you know, they just you know each other, and it, and the records don't really matter because people just play well, and, yeah. and there's a different feel to those games, so the stress and things, and so pe- some people may get a little tighter, so the scores sometimes um, can be tight. So, but it's difficult. I mean, I respect all those guys and really everybody in our league. We got great coaches and more importantly, good people. Um, I don't know of any, at least on my end, there's nobody that you know I don't think does a good job or just isn't have the right heart for it, you know, because everybody's in different situations. So, uh, but yeah, to win the league is always a test. Yeah. And. It's not the ultimate goal, but like you said, you haven't done it in a while. What does right. it mean to do it when you know the quality of those top teams right. are capable of making state because we've seen it? So right. it kind of ties together, does it not? Yeah, that's the beauty of our, our league in all sports. Uh, if you can finish at the top end of our league in any sport, you've got an opportunity to do some special things. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's always good. It, it means a lot. Um, like I said, we haven't won it in a while, so winning it, I think the kids um, really wanted to to do that. And the way they played in those games, you know, against those upper-level teams, kind of showed that a little bit. Um, and that's that's why I feel like we have an opportunity to do really well in the tournament. Is when we come locked in and ready to like really compete I mean they have a little edge to them pretty good so So since you won it in 14 Mm -hmm. and you kind of like we talked about earlier you understand what it takes it takes Mm -hmm. a little bit of luck here and there and those type of things does it make you as a coach more relaxed going into a postseason knowing you know I want it I've been there but I also understand that some things just aren't in our control right I mean yeah, it's bat and ball, man. As soon as I let go of the ball, it's a, it's like a life of its own. Um, relaxed, yes. I mean, in a way, you don't want to get too relaxed about it, obviously. You want to make sure you're on top of the game. But, um, like I said, all you want in those situations is your team play well and play to their capabilities. Um, you don't want them to underperform because then, then there'll be, you know, they're disappointment would be even worse you just want to play as hard as you can as smart as you can and as you know whatever you need to do and maybe get a break here or there but 
you got to get yourself to those positions. So, as far as relaxed, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, my goal, and like you said, I've experienced things as player, as a coach. I just want them to be able to experience it, you know, just to how much fun it is. And so, it's kind of like anything else. What you want to do in the postseason is just win and be able to practice the next day. Uh, doesn't matter what it looks like. You don't get extra credit or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so whatever that means, you play poorly and win, play well and win. But obviously you want to be at a certain level where you can compete with anybody. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be too tight, but, yeah, you want to be locked in, I guess you would say. How would you say – what is kind of your philosophy on coaching um, – maybe underclassmen or having the opportunity to give them those girls. Cause by now you know what you got, even if they're freshmen, they, they've played enough games, but right. um, what is your philosophy on kind of bringing those girls along? Well, different years, different, you know, um, a lot of it has to do with, uh, some kids are ready right away. Some kids and some teams, you need to let it happen. Um, you may understand for you to be the best team you can be that um, maybe a younger kid needs to prove that they need to play. But at the same time, you're always pulling for your older kids, you know, because if they can play well, that's that's good too. So it's not like you're cheering one way or the other. Yeah. But, yeah, like this year, Taryn Griffith is catching for us. Um, and we had Katie uh, Feld catching some. So it was more... Uh, that was just an open spot and you know uh, they both played on the infield they both caught and then it was just a matter of who just what it looked like you know just observation and, and stuff as to who ended up in what spots they're in but yeah sometimes it's a uh, bringing along slowly sometimes it just shows itself and, and it needs to happen quickly how has that changed over the years with the growth of travel ball, the growth of competitiveness in, in the off-season for these girls that are playing a lot more, and then they get to high school and they're like, I'm ready. But you're like, this is a different game. than. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the travel programs and the parents that are super involved in things because otherwise um, you don't have the kids. I mean, because it costs money and time. and So it's a family investment. And there are so many teams and things, it's difficult for those kids because they play and then they get here and it's not their age group. It's multiple, you know, they're not just playing against 14 year olds, they're playing against 18, you know. So it's it's tough for them sometimes to know that there's a difference there. Um, for the parents or the players? For everybody. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody. Um, so. But yeah, it's a family investment, so they're they're probably it's probably tough on parents too. So you, first of all, you got to get them together as a group and work out and train and practice and see and let them see and let them know there's leadership built in and you know just how things work and the culture of things and then they, so they have to figure that out and then course academically being in high school is different than middle school or wherever um, 
So yeah, I mean it's it's difficult, and you got like this year we got a lot of kids, um, so you have to kind of navigate that as far as figuring out who is a little more talented, I guess you would say, or has uh, maybe a quality that pops out. So it takes a little bit of time, um, but that yeah, it's hard for them. I think it. I think the kids probably understand it more because they're here every day yeah. practicing and things. And, uh, but it is different than paper, you know, to play. I mean, if you're on a travel team, you pay money, your kid plays. Um, they should be paying money. <laughs> here, here it's not exactly that way. And there's all kinds of things that we do to, you know, make sure their experience is good. But it is t- it's tough. It's tough for them. And then with the numbers we have now, it's tougher for us to evaluate because there's so many kids. Is it easier for you now that you have the resume you do and the, the trophy case that you do that you kind of understand that a little bit better? I don't. Uh, I think just doing it for a while. Yeah. Um, and you know, being around people like you know, growing up as a coach like Dan and Dan Rourke and Pat Mooney and yeah. and people like that. Um, Brad Stewart, Todd Blake, just those conversations and seeing how they do things and how they handle things, I think enables you to deal with those situations. And being, to me, it's being intentional with each kid. So each kid's different, and you know how you handle them and things. And so if you get to know them a little better, you can have conversations with them that help them understand where they're at, kind of, and that they don't have to like it, um, you know. I would like it if somebody said somebody's going to play and I'm not. Yeah. But I think they're able to understand it better because you're you're telling the truth and and being honest with them without trying to cut their legs off or anything. And you know, uh, I just believe in that. You don't want to avoid situations and not talk to them, um, ignore them, or anything like that. Yeah. You just want to be as honest as you can be and still caring. Uh, you know, so when we've had those conversations this year, they're not easy. Um, and every kid should want to play. If they don't want to play, that's a different thing. But, um, but yeah, I think just doing it for as long as I have. But um, also, I mean, at the same time, I'm not sure that people care. <laughs> In other words, when I make those decisions, it's, it's their kid. It's mm-hmm. it's them as individuals. They don't really see it as well. Coach has done this for a long time. You know, there's games they've won and the program's good. So I'm just gonna take what he says, you yeah. know, and be like, yes. And, and I don't expect that. So because it's personal. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, it's the time and it's the investment. Yeah, I mean, they've family. invested, yeah. and I respect that. So that's why I try to be as cool as I can in those conversations because yeah. it is important to them, or they wouldn't spend all that time and money. So, you know, it's a difficult situation, yeah. but I think I'm better at those conversations now, obviously, when I was younger. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I didn't. I just handled them differently. Yeah. That was a little more uh, cut and dry. But then when I had my own daughter, that kind of changed my perspective. Yeah. A bit, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the biggest similarity between coaching football players in the fall and coaching softball players in the spring? They're athletes and they're competitive and 
for me, the expectation isn't different. And the way that I coach them isn't different as far as expectations and pushing and prodding and things like that. It's the, the difference is maybe how I, um, just the conversations, the one-on-one conversations and things. But even now, I think that's getting closer to each other. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or not. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, but um, when they're in the field, you know, when we're on the field, no matter who it is, I'm coaching them. Um, but that's where, like, being intentional and getting to know people and getting to know the individual kid as best as well. You can't always know them exactly. But you know how to respond to, you know, you, I might just look at you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, crap. Where another kid, you might have to go over and put your arm around him. Another kid, you just bark at him. And they're, it's like, I mean, you're a dad. If you have multiple kids or whatever, you're, it's different people. And yeah. so you got to learn the people. I like to think I'm consistent in that across those two sports. Um, but that that's, there's no, like to me, there's no real difference on the field. Yeah. Um, it's just how they built socially and you know um, the girls are more uh, relational so that relationship needs to be good uh-huh. um, or guys I still like that relationship I think that's a very important part of it but you don't necessarily have to have that as much even though I still work on it with them but um, as far as the coaching part I coach you know, whatever that you'd have to ask them. <laughs> but is I think it, I'm pretty consistent. Is it good? Or, I mean, is it nice for you to be able to be able to put your focus into football in the fall and then in the spring? Like to have not that consistency throughout the year, you get to kind of switch your brain a little bit and do those two different things. Yeah, I mean, um, over the years, it's been good. Um, it's interesting you ask that because I don't think I. This is kind of telling on myself. I don't think I've ever been able to 100% put everything into softball. Yeah. Based on time uh-huh. and the commitment through the summer and things like that with football. So I miss, you know, like I don't have a camp or anything for younger kids, which people think I'm nuts, but I'm like, you know, they're playing. I'm not going to take them away from that or whatever. Good uh-huh. excuse, but. Um, so it's not like. I've been able to say, okay, through the summer, we're going to do these things, and I'm going to spend this time, and you know, because you start doing that, and then you add football into that, and the commitments that you have to make with football, uh, you're not going to be any good at either one of them. So, I have to kind of manage how I do those things. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It, it's good, but it's. I look at it too that it's difficult at times because you don't have in other words I'm not connecting with those kids through the summer as much as maybe I'd like to what would you say you enjoy the most about your job with football Uh, to me it's always been well not always but um, I like the preparation that's what I always liked was Preparing for games, putting a game plan together, um, trying to find things that 
you know, if we do this and they counter, what are we going to, you know, that chess match kind of thing's fun to me. Um, and, you know, we in, in our league, you got to coach well. And I, I take pride in that, that we have to be as good or better than who we're coaching against and understand them and what they do and things. Uh, just that preparation part. I don't think the games are fair all the time in that you can prepare really well, kids can play great, outcome's not always what you want, and that's athletics, but that's why I like the preparation part of it, like just getting the sitting and watching film and breaking it down and putting a game plan together, executing the game plan through the week and the kids understanding and believing in it, and then, of course, the real joy is if you go out and really execute and give yourself a chance, even if it's a team that maybe it's going to be difficult to win, even if you do that. So to me, it's always been the preparation part. I like putting that together. Do you think that's because it's almost opposite with bat and ball sports, where yeah. you can't prepare that much? Yeah, well, you I, can. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Though. you're you're more con- like. You can't you can't game you plan can't as control, much for You softball. can't control a softball game. Yeah, you can try. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you can walk somebody or uh-huh. you can bunt, but it's you know, uh, if somebody's out there throwing gas and you're getting owned, it's like, I mean, you can't <laughs> say you can't do that or hey, we're going to counter this. Uh, you just got to kind of hope you catch a break here or there. But maybe I mean I don't know. I always. Um, even as a kid playing, I always liked that. Trying to outthink somebody or yeah. understanding your opponent, even like in basketball, if I was a point guard and I'm guarding another point guard, like under, trying to, there were no scouting reports when I played. <laughs> it was like, go play, and is the first scouting report is, is he right handed or left handed? <laughs> you know, you had to figure that. Once you did that, then you do this, and then, you know, it was just, you knew who could play a little bit or whatever, but, you know, just, Trying to outsmart somebody. It was always uh, fun for me. Um, but, yeah, maybe um, maybe it's just good for my balance, I guess. You yeah. Know, where one game, it's your, react, it, it, your decisions have to be quick in softball. In other words, you know, people might say, well, why didn't you bunt? And it's like, I didn't feel like we needed to. Or, you know what I mean? It's, or why did you send her? It's like, well... Um, that quick you have to decide and you can be right or wrong but you got to fly by the seat of your pants sometimes where in football it's more you know A equals B if they do B then you got to have a C and you know that fun part and I'm, I'm up in the booth now I'm out on the field so it's even more so it's really like watching a chess match yeah it takes kind of the emotion out of it a little bit so yeah it's fun I enjoy that part of it. But you may be right, yeah. Um, how different is that coaching from the booth compared to on the sideline? I can't watch a game on the sideline. I can't see anything anymore. I used to be on the sideline with, with you know, when I first came over with Dan for quite a while. And you can get to where you can see pretty good down there. Um, but then, like, going up, you can see everything. And maybe to a fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see everything. Uh-huh. So maybe you get you can get caught up in some things sometimes that really just maybe they want you to see something that's go to the yeah. next play kind of thing. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a good view. It's in, I enjoy it. Um, you miss the emotion, like the feel, like you can feel those kids. Yeah. And what they're going through. But at the same time, I don't need that because I'll lose my mind. <laughs> I have a tendency to get pretty wound up when I'm down there. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's good for me to be up there. I, I like it. Um, doesn't mean I don't get emotional sometimes. But, uh, yeah, the communication with the other coaches, you know, that are on the field. And you can say, this is what we're getting. This is, you know, so let's get to this or, what, you know, whatever. And then you see them make an adjustment and then, you know, kind of figuring that puzzle out because you got them where they can't do too many things, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's enjoyable up there. It's just part of that process again. It's, it's almost an extension of preparation in that once you get there, then it's just putting those puzzle together, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does. And you have good nights and bad. There's been nights where I'm like, I got it. There's other nights I, I can't see anything. You yeah. know I mean, it's just what it is. Um, but I enjoy it up there. Part of the reason the CSA football as a whole is so successful is there's not a lot of turnaround usually. Yeah. Um, and I think as we look ahead to next year with, with Ken leaving and John taking over, mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to talk about the, the transition that you saw from Dan to right. Dave because I feel like, I mean, people may have been worried about it, but in terms of an outside viewer, it seems to have went pretty smoothly, and, yeah. and you didn't really skip a beat right. when people were very worried that, you know, Dan had his certain way of doing things, yeah. um, but I'm, it may be a credit to the coaching staff, the consistency, yeah. to Dave, all of it, right. um, but what are your thoughts on kind of how I'm, well the transition went? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of it goes to David and and the staff. Um but to me, there's a right way you do things, and there's a wrong way you do things, and what, whether whether we run whatever offense, but there's a right way to teach and coach, and and te- you know, the details and the um, things like that. It doesn't matter what sport you coach. So if you're doing things correctly on that end, the the foundational level of teaching the game, coaching the game, you're going to get the results. Hopefully, and the results to me are the kids are know doing things correctly and playing the game the right way. Doesn't mean the scoreboard necessarily, um, but yeah, I mean you know David, Mike, and I, Mike Jenkins, and myself being here with Dan for twenty some years, which you just don't see. You don't see five guys just hanging there with the same yeah. without any not necessarily any aspirations, but just don't go anywhere yeah. you know um, says a lot for Dan but then David understanding the develop, you know where we came from and what it is to just make little changes you know whatever it is is fine but that foundational is still there it's not any different it's hard work it's discipline it's you know the things that if you talk to Ken or Derek or anybody if you don't have those things, you might as well just take the ball out, you know, because yeah. it's not going to work. So I think that's being consistent. And then the, really, uh, you know, when Dan stepped away, the only thing that changed was the guy that's talking to him, yeah. you know, or heading it up. 
you know, basically the practice things were the same, you know, just how things are. When the big change, I mean, there's some little offensively we do some things a little differently, but we do a lot of things exactly the same. You know, you might call it something different. Um, so there wasn't a like a wasn't like a total flip. Yeah. Like if you'd have brought somebody from the outside with a complete different philosophy and things, I think there you might have seen that. But I think that consistency it speaks to Dan, I think, a lot, but and what he taught us, but just able to keep it kind of the same with a little tweak here and there for personnel or whatever really enabled us to do it. But David has done a great job. Uh, different voice, obviously. Uh, but he allows his coaches to coach. He um, expects things to do, done well and trust, and you know, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, this, uh, the consistency in the whole thing. I mean, if you look around, um, you know, Sacred Heart was good before Ken, but man, it really, it, like it just shifted gears, you know, as his program got older, uh-huh. as far as his, him and his staff. I mean, it really, it just took a jump. And same thing with Derek. The longer, and not that he wasn't successful before, <laughs> but as it goes, like there's a dip. He's, you know, he's getting older. His staff's getting older with him. There's understanding of what it is. And now it's even more difficult to get, you know, to beat them because they have a full, you know, they're just older coaches and they're together and there's no question of if, if we're going to change something, it's like everybody's in. There's no fractions. Or, yeah. And I think that's the important part. And it's just fun because you kind of grow up with those guys. Yeah. I mean, I was 29 when I got here. I'm 56. And, you know, it's like brothers, people say. But, I mean, it's guys you look at every day for 27 years. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And you're spending... A lot of a lot time of hours, with them. Yeah. A lot of hours. Sometimes more than your family at times. Well, where that's a whole different <laughs> uh, conversation. But, um, yeah, I mean, so you're going to have, you know, when you're young staff, you're going to have some differences. But as you get older, you understand those differences and um, you're able to coach, yeah. you know, just do a better job with those and you can have conversations and and understand it's not personal, you know, just things like that. So it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Who was the hardest CS8 football player to prepare for that you've coached against? Um, I've coached offense most of the years, um, but I did coach defense for like well, let's see, was it ten that we went to the state championship? When Miles so, yeah. was a sophomore. Yeah, so I was on the defensive side then. So there's like four or five years. Well, maybe. Yeah, it was a little while um, that I was with Lynn honking on the defensive side. And I would say, I mean, um, that, that year, I think. We, uh, was it Grant, the Grant kid that went to Rochester, what was his name? Zach. Zach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was interesting because we were on the tell, tell secret now. 
Um, so we're watching film. We're over at Lynn's house, David, myself, and him. And you know, back in the day, you'd handwrite everything. So if it was a pass play, I wrote it down and drew it up or whatever. And so we're going through these plays. And we got about halfway into it, or maybe a couple films in, I go, it might, it might have been longer than half, but I was like, hey, uh, like, how many plays have they ran? Let's say 200 or 300 or whatever. Is how many times he touched the ball? It was like 80%. I was like, so what if we, <laughs> what if we take, like, try to take him away? Let's, you know, like a boxing one kind of thing. And I was like, man, that means we got to take somebody out, and put it. You know, he's we're old, we're old school. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you can't empty the box. Uh-huh. That just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, we're now be like whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, I don't know, man. They're... I said, well, what would you do if a running back touched the ball eighty percent of the time? He said, well, I'd put another. I said, that's where we're at. And uh, you know, in that time, I think they're they were just starting to. I think Wes was quarterback, and he was maybe hurt a little bit that year. I don't remember, but I think he was coming back or something. And, you know, and they were chucking it, like, and they were feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And nothing against them. They're, you know, we're, we're older, they were older staff. Yeah. And so um, I said, well, why don't we, we got to do something. I mean, you can't just let this kid go willy-nilly on this where he lit up. Um, so we put a kid, we manned a kid on him, and then we just played our zone coverages behind it. So we'd call our coverage, but uh, Greg Roberts, who's in, he's in the service, he he played him man to man. So it was like a box in one. So we took yeah. we had five in the box, and then it's like man, <laughs> what just what, scared. What we got to go? <laughs> Well, if they start running the ball, I said, they ain't going to figure it out till halftime. Because it's high school. Yeah. You don't have, like, it's hard to change, like, to see and to change. And, and we didn't have video on the side. Yeah, we didn't have the we iPads. We didn't have like the that, iPads. Yeah. We did, you know, it was just a little bit. It was starting to come, but it yeah. wasn't there. And I said, they won't be able to really talk about what what's going on. Like, the guy up top is going to try to figure it out. And he may say, well, it looks like they only have five in the box. But at that point, I just didn't believe that they would run the ball. Yeah. I was like, they ain't run the ball. They, Do you remember what week of the season this was? Off the top no, of the it's probably, just, it had to be later. Later, we, so we, we you had enough footage. Night. We yeah. beat them that night. Yeah. It's, it's later. I've heard Derek tell this story on the opposite side of things, that he was just too stubborn to do it. He was like, I can still beat And I knew he would be. Yeah. Because... Every and I love Derek. I think he is phenomenal. I think he's a phenomenal person, number one. Um, but he is a phenomenal coach, and for a lot of different reasons. But we all can get, you know, where we're feeling pretty good about yeah. what we're doing, and, and we're just going to do it this way. And by God, nobody's going to keep us from doing it. Yeah. And he was younger, and we've all been there. And I said, he ain't gonna run the ball. Well, and you have a quarterback he's and a wide receiver like that. He's like, not going to run the ball. Yeah. And uh, Lane goes, well, I said, by the time they figure out to run the ball, we're going to be ahead. And the clock's going to run out. Yeah. He's like, okay. So we did we did it. And I think Wes threw, like he threw a, a pick in the end zone that went for six. 
which that was just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think Derek's even said that he called something bad or whatever, but the kid made the play and went for a touchdown, like 103 yards or whatever. And then they threw a post to, to Grant, which ended up, you know, you got a guy in his hip pocket and then a safety sitting on it. Um, so we picked that. But, um, you know, uh, I just... I knew what the here's my whole thing with with sports. If you do, if you know what you're doing, put it this way: if you know what the outcome's going to be, doing it the same way. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. You know why not do something different? Um, so the outcome might be the same, but if you already know what the answer, that's what's going to happen anyway. Then don't be afraid to roll the dice a little bit, you know, show your kids that you're willing to step out from yeah. your comfort zone, maybe. And like I said, so that night we won the game, and it was just one of those things where, I think in the second half, they had a kid that went to Wisconsin that was played linebacker. Dude, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. He was a running back. I think he rushed for 150 yards in the second half. Yeah. The game was over. Ate up too they, much clock. It was just too yeah. much clock. Yeah. You know, so... You know, it was it was that was probably it was one of the times I'm like, that wasn't too bad. You know, <laughs> one time in 27 years, that ain't bad. Uh, you know, but it was just a feel of what they were doing, yeah, and how confident they were with what they were doing. I think he caught, I think Zach caught three balls and two of them were behind the line of scrimmage, like at the end of the half and the end of the game. You know, it was just yeah. one of those things, and I'm sure, and and I still, I mean, I believe that. We won that game that night, but I think it did help them understand. Yeah, we got to be have the ability yeah. to say, well, yeah. if you're going to do that, we're just going to run and yeah. just kill you running the ball. And they've shown that. Yeah, I mean, they're tough to defend because they can put you in different places, and you can't just say we're going to stop this and it's over. You know, you can't do that to them. So. I'll take credit for that. I guess. Yeah, uh, the the drinks had to taste a little <laughs> better that rain. Friday night. I don't get any rings. No, but, you know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, the drinks had to taste a little better that Friday night. After that, what did did Dan come up to you or Len and say, "Hey, are we sure?" No, about we just this? we just kind of laughed about it. Yeah, I mean, Len and I have a great relationship, and um, it's just one of those things where it, I mean, there's other games where yeah, you know, he may have came just on the fly, you just come up with something in film or whatever, and. Um, that's the fun, you know. Um, like when that 2010, same year, Zach Weinhoff was uh, hurt, and um, he came. We're getting ready to play Richwoods in the semifinal, and he'd had a torn ACL all year. And he was getting close, and he came running through the gate. We're on the game field. He came running through the gate, and we'd always we played not front all year because we didn't have him, so we were short, so we had to play. Uh, front and um, he come jogging through the gate and he said she said I can play defense and of course he's come running out and everybody's cheering him and everything because he was an animal yeah. and um, Lynn and I just looked at each other and was like oh. so I think like after practice we went <laughs> We went and stood by his truck and said, well, we gotta, we're going to jump to an even front. We're going to, you know, this and that. And I'm sure that when 
Rich Woods lined up and, and Rich Woods was a game where I mean most games you're locked into and the score gets a certain way and you, you're like oh the score's this like you get a feel for that yeah like you can sense the, what the score is uh-huh. that was a game where we were like in the third quarter we're up like 35 to 7 and I'm locked into the game and I look at the scoreboard and I'm like Lynn it's 35 to 7 he goes yeah I go I had no idea. I really did. I <laughs> yeah. mean, we were so, because they were so dangerous. Yeah. You know, they had the kid that went to U of I, running back and everything. But, um, so we went to an even front. And I'm sure when Richwoods lined up, that guard lined up and went, oh, God. Wait a minute. Didn't see that kid. And the first snap, he destroyed that kid. <laughs> and that was the game that I think was the best line I've heard from a coach. The coach up there at Richwoods said that. He told his offensive coordinator or whatever, he said, um, we're in trouble because we got the honey and they're the bears. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, this is going to get ugly. Yeah. He just had a sense for it. So, and we were so physical that year. But there, there's a few times, you know, things like that happen. But you still do the same work every week. It's just that doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't present itself. But to have a staff together for that long and and to be able to be confident in making those changes, but having the freedom as an assistant to yeah. voice that, yeah. and the, everybody knowing we're all trying to do the same thing, yeah. you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, that's why coaches stick around for 27 years <laughs> with the same guy or yeah. staff. You know, so. um, to take that same idea back to softball, mm-hmm. um, is it easier in softball when you – are playing against an absolute stud that you can game plan a little bit better because she can only do so much? Or well, you can walk her. Yeah. I mean, if she's that good. Like Renee Abernathy, for example. I mean. Yeah, I mean. Well, I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, I mean. Who's it, the best it, one that you've? No, who's the best girl that you've faced? So offensively, she's the best player. Okay. I remember her freshman year, T Mac and I were sitting in the dugout. She swung the bat, and we were looking at each other like, "Wow, <laughs> oh boy." Yeah, I mean, she was a freshman. It's not hard to tell that when something's different like that. You yeah. Know, it's like Daniel Helm or people like that. You know, it's just they run. It's like, huh, that's different. And so that's the gift of God for them. You know, they're just genetics and everything. But yeah, she offensively, I'd say definitely she's the best. I did coach a Super 60 game against a kid that went to Georgia. That yeah. was pretty impressive. But Renee to see her up close and she's such a good kid and good family and everything you, you know cheer for and pull for but yeah that was different pitching wise I would say that uh, Allie Arnold from Normal Community back in 2001 2, 3, somewhere in there she went to Iowa uh-huh. I faced her dad he, they, he was from New Zealand so uh, he was a pitcher uh, she was a real deal uh, I was picking pitches she was throwing. We were out at the park playing, and uh, I had a rice ball or whatever. And this is what I love about Allie. But she uh, she threw a rice ball. I called it. Yeah, you know, there's different ways of doing it. I didn't just yell rice ball because that's a little too. <laughs> Back when I played, that'd get you hurt. But um, she just stepped off and looked at me. She goes, "It don't matter." I go, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, her, I, I mean, 
I coached, you know, Shannon uh, Guthrie Nicholson, uh-huh. who I think was. I mean, if there's anybody better, I mean, Allie was a hard, hard thrower. Shannon was a great pitcher with a great changeup. I mean, so there's been a few, but yeah, I'd say Renee definitely was the. Yeah. It was just fun to watch her hit. So I think we beat them the first game, and then we were playing out here, and we were way up. I, th- I think for whatever reason, we got up on them. And Sydney Pulaskis was throwing for us. And she looked at me and go, let's see how far she can hit it. And so she challenged her, you know, because most time you're trying to get her to swing at a bad pitch yeah. or whatever. Um, and she hit in a long ways. But, you know, that's, that's another thing where you may not, you're not going to do that necessarily in football or something, you know, like, well, let Grant catch one and see how fast, you know, yeah. you're just not going to do that. Yeah. Where softball, if you get the game the way you want it, you can compete Yeah. with that kid. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's different things you can do. Um, just stories, I guess. We're playing Sacred Heart in the 2005 sectional, which then you had, you know, there was no super. You went to states, final eight, and all that. And we played 14 innings, I believe. Louis Hain was thrown for us. And I feel horrible, but I can't remember the kid's name. She was a leadoff hitter for Sacred Heart. And she had like, like 60 stolen bases. The kid was really good. I feel bad for not remembering, but. Um, so just in the middle of the game, like something came to me. The nine hitter was up with two outs. And I was like, well, I don't want. To. And like in my own mind, I'm saying, well, I don't want to. I want to hear her leading off. So I just told Louie Walker because he was a like leadoff hitter was a slap yeah. kid. I said Walker, and if we can get her out, you know, for whatever reason. Then we went facers leadoff there. So I think four times in a 14 inning game, she came up with two outs and run on first because we had walked the other. And yeah. The nine hitters probably like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just one of those things where it's like I just wasn't comfortable like letting her lead off. So there was a way to control it. Lou was so good that you were able to do that and not really worry. Yeah. Um, and it worked out. I mean, we won, but. I'm sure some people are like, what is going on? Well, it's just, and that's, I don't know, same thing, you know. A lot of times your gut tells you the right things, and you got to trust yourself. And maybe experience tells you some things, so to try things, you know. Um, so that's one story where to control a setting that that kid could really hurt us. Yeah. Because uh, we, you know, we weren't going to score a bunch of runs either, so it wasn't like, you know, well, it doesn't matter. We're going to have to score runs either, that kind of thing. So that's why we did that. Um, you know, just little things like that. Um, that's one story. I'm, I'm sure there's others. But yeah. That's just what I remember that yeah. in a big game like that, maybe I was able to help our team get to a point where they could compete and win maybe a game they may not have based on that one kid yeah so yeah there's different ways you can do it sometimes you can't get <laughs> can't get away from it it's just what it is you know uh, you just hope to get them out but
Okay, uh, taking up plenty of your time, so I got one more question. All right. I will kind of wrap it up with this. What, what's been the most enjoyable part for you about this year's team that that you're having fun with? That's hard to hard to say. I mean, really, it's the I don't know. It's just been a grind for whatever reason, whether it's the weather, having forty kids in the program. I don't know. Uh, for me, it's but it, they've they've. Uh, Oh, they're just great kids. I mean, they love to play. And uh, like I said, uh, it's for me, it's been kind of grinding, but never has been for them, I don't think, which helps, you know, the joy. Um, and they're, they got they got a lot of grit. And, and, you know, there's games that we've lost that I've been like, man, if we could if we just play that hard and without – I mean, they've been down seven to nothing and tied at seven seven nine nine. Take it to extra, you know, and maybe win or win or lose. But I'm like, there's something to these guys that they just don't quit. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to find, I think, in uh, in today's athletics. I think and there's a tendency to when people get down to just kind of yeah. I mean, that's a human nature thing, but. For whatever reason, man, these guys just keep competing. Um, well, and we saw that last year with the Springfield baseball team. Yeah, they really I mean, didn't care if they got, got down five it, runs. It, it's it, like, well, the whole thing is, it's like you got two choices. Yeah, you can give in or you can keep playing. I mean, I know what the outcome is going to be if you just give in. Yeah, we don't know what the outcome is going to be if you keep competing. And yeah, I mean, Jim's for G West. That was crazy. But I was happy for them. But well, that's uh, got to be fun. like you said. That's got to be fun for you to see yeah. that they they show that fight mm-hmm. instead of just being like, well, you know. Yeah. So if they got that fight, well, I sure as heck ain't gonna give up on them. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna give in in a game. I'm gonna keep doing things I feel can help. You know, whatever that is, whether it's substitution, whether it's leaving it the way it is, you know, whatever. Um, let them take care of that side of it, and I just try to help. You know. And. Uh, yeah, they and and my coaching staff, my daughter Brianna and Jess Meyer, um, they've really, I mean, they, they've done such a fantastic job the last two years. Um, I think being twenties uh, women, being college athletes, being on that side of things, and you know, they, they've empowered them a lot. Um, to compete. In other words, you can be a fantastic person, you can be a great young lady, but when you're out here, you're not a girl, you're not a boy, you're not, you're just, you're a competitor. And in whatever that means, you know, um, by any means necessary, I guess. But, you know what I mean? It's, it, you can see that in them. It's okay to get upset. It's okay to act out a little bit within reason I mean we're not letting our kids go crazy but you know a uh, female athlete is an athlete so the same frustrations they have as a guy athlete to have the same emotions okay you know I mean um, of course we got to kind of walk them through it a little bit but you know and you can and I think that's what really has helped these guys understand the, the grit and the, com- com- the competitive side of things and and how to uh, 
pull for each other and things like that. It's it's pretty impressive. Um, but just all the different personalities, you know, and and you got kids that are downright gritty and hard nosed, and not that all of them are. But then you got some kids, man. They're I call it uh, like controlled chaos. I mean, they're just wired, but they are able to control themselves. I mean, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and when things are going good, I, I, it's going to be really hard to beat. Um, and we can be beat. I mean, we have been beat. But I think uh, in those tough situations, I think we'll, we'll be fine. So, All right. Thank yeah. you for your time. Let's no hope problem, that we uh, break that little curse that I have against no, you guys, I guess. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> thank you. I wish that was that easy to <laughs> Huge thank you to Coach Edgar for taking the time. Always a great conversation and some great insight from a very wise man. Thank you for listening this week. I got to get back to work. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual for being the sponsor. Buckle up. We've got a busy couple weeks ahead as teams make their march to state.